Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today's guest is Professor Constantine Batigan, a return guest, one of my favorites, really fun guy to hang out with, rock star, planet hunter. He's awesome. He's going to give us updates about the search for Planet Nine that he discovered a couple years ago. Have we found it yet? He knows it's there. Welcome to Shirley You're Joking. We're going to find out. Holy cow, that recent article you did on uh, Schrodinger's equation governing uh. um, solar systems blew my mind, and now we're about to blow Mitch's mind with it, too. Well, <laughs> I, think that, that would I don't do. think you can blow my mind if I can't understand it. I think so. that if, if true, then, then that, would, that would bring the number of people um, that know about it to approximately three. Right. Right. Which, and, and which is record levels of, of mind blowing. <laughs> That's right. <there. laughs> so, uh, I, it's, so you published this article, single author, very classy. Um, and, uh, this was after discovering planet nine. Oh, do you count that as discovering by the way? I don't know if we resolved this yet. Yeah. It's a good question. Like discovered and discovered. Yeah. I think it's, it might be a pre-covery. Pre-covery. Right. Yeah, something okay. like that. Uh, it's because it's not a it's not a retro covery. Yeah. Um, and we haven't we haven't you know imaged Planet Nine directly. Still not found. Yeah, you know, I mean, so we've been we've since, been since we yeah. had Constantine on the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, they he published a paper where using the the you know all the parts of. Um, motion of other objects in the solar system yeah basically like there's a giant ass planet out there and it's not pluto because that's not a planet anymore right which, poor pluto yeah, it's, well it's he was well part of that tiny. team what <laughs> you're the reason i i am actually not it's my uh you know Your at the advisor, time right? yeah it was my yeah. advisor i yeah, was like an wrong. undergrad at the time so i had and he was the one that was like pluto's not really a planet <laughs> yeah. yeah because it comes into that other what is it neptune that it intersects its it sure its, does its yeah orbit? But it's also just... Somebody studied yeah, yeah, yeah. up. We're getting uh, on the show. No, Pluto he always asks me who, what we're going to be talking about. He's like, I got a Wikipedia. No, it's just Pluto was important to me. <laughs> so I, I cared about Pluto, and then they took it away. But So you found another one. Yeah, so we have we have gravitational evidence for for like a legitimate planet. Pluto is tiny. If you put a Pluto on top of Russia, it'll fit. Like that's oh, really? How, yeah. I mean, a lot of things fit on top of Russia, but yeah, that should gives you, give you kind of a scale for just how insignificant in terms of its its gravitational influence Pluto is. But there Russia is... Russia has a lot of influence, though, I hear. So, sorry? Russia has a lot of influence. So yeah. You don't only don't count... Very, very little. Size. That's right. Very little only of it is gravitational. Only when it comes to our elections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. It has a lot in common. It's like, you know, it's cold. It's the size of Russia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Surprisingly influential from time to time. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this uh, this new one, with the, wait, have, is it, have we seen, I mean, I guess one of, our, I, this is what happens. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Uh, we have pictures of Pluto, right? We sure do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. And, and this one... You've, we got some news on that, too. Not you, to. But you found a, a ninth one now with, uh, like, math stuff, I guess. That's but right. But we don't have it. We, have, we, have, we don't have visual confirmation. It's exactly yeah. right. So math stuff is exactly how, Thank you. how the... Uh, <laughs> where the evidence lies for it. But uh, unlike... So we have really good pictures of Pluto, but unlike 
that we don't even have a blurry dot of planet. I mean, there's not like any picture of it at all, like through any telescope. So Pluto yeah. was very blurry for like most of its existence, you know, that from our yeah. point of view. So maybe it's an alien planet and they have a cloaking device to protect it. Is that the from, most likely explanation, Constantine? No, the oh. the likely. <laughs> I'm just, I it's mean, just far away, right? Yeah, like, I mean, it's the the explanation for why we have no picture of it yet is because we have had mega crappy weather this past observing season. We, really? We, yeah, we oh, lost. Wow. We lost a ton of time to just freaking clouds. It's not nearly as cool as a cloaking device, I'll be honest. I mean, a cloud is kind of like a cloaking device. That's right. Right. <laughs> so where, where, where do we think it's at? Um, so, do you know the constellation Orion? Yeah, it's the guy yep. who's shooting the bow. That's right. So so it's it's probably between... So next to Orion is the constellation Taurus. And the orbit, kind of the, in the most likely p- patch of the orbit where it resides, kind of lies right between the two. So hmm. it's that uh, if you if you think about, um, you know, when to when you kind of like if you naturally look up at the night sky at midnight, it's kind of the December November sky that where you can you can you're looking at where it is but just to give you a scale for for how it is like neptune right neptune was not discovered astronomically until a a guy named urban leverrier calculated it mathematically and told the astronomers in 1846 to point like right there and only then were they able to to find it and this thing is that's sort of like what you did yeah, doing, yeah, I mean, that, that's right. Except you had used, like, computers and other observations and stuff. That's right, that's right. Uh, so, Leveria was much better at math than, than I'll ever be. Well, I mean, that's, that's just... That's well, just that's not sure. what I got out of this paper that you just did. Well, well, I thought but, that was a really true. cool paper. Well, thanks, um, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's it's real... I mean, this thing is really, really dim. It's, it's right on the edge of what's possible with today's telescope. It might actually be over the edge, meaning like we might have to wait until the next generation of telescopes. I don't think that that's the case, uh, but it depends on things we don't know, like how reflective is its surface. Mm-hmm. And and an issue with, with astronomy in general is that if you take something, right, as you move it further and further away from the sun, its brightness doesn't go down like the square of the distance as gravity does. It goes down as the fourth power of the distance because light has to go from the sun. It gets dimmed by the distance, but then it has to get reflected off of that object and come back to the earth. So you're picking up two kind of powers of weakness, two sets of two pairs of powers of weakness. It's like a mirror. When if you're standing two feet from a mirror, your reflection is four feet from you. So it's going. The reason it's four times, it's it's doing twice the work. It's going there. And yeah, then coming that's right. Back. It has to come back, basically. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, it's a, um, you know, I'm, I'm not just optimistic. I'm quite certain. Like Planet Nine is, is there. We see its gravitational. Yeah, I think influence. you said a, a billion percent certain on our yeah, last I mean, episode. It's <laughs> like so many percent that it might loop around to zero yeah. on the number line. Now you it's know? good that you had the weather reason though, because you said it would probably be discovered by now. Well, so yeah. You, look, so the weather buys you another year. I'm just a simple theorist, so like I don't, know, I don't know. <laughs> you anything. never go telescoping. Well, I, like I ever? do now. I do now, and so like Planet Nine, 
search is the is the first time that I started like really observing together with Mike. And it's the, totally the opposite of doing theory because when the weather is bad, you do better work, right? You're not distracted. You don't want to mm. do anything else other than just sit and do math. Um, observing, you just go. And it's a total gamble, right? You just show up to the telescope. And if the weather is crappy, it's, it's crappy. You don't get that time back, right? You just sit yeah. and hope that it gets better. It's like if I sit down and try and write a joke and I never come up with a punchline. It was just wasted effort that's right and it's cloudy but you know you're so describing like, my entire comedy career <laughs> right now, let it's me, like when you sit down to write jokes and then it's five years later <laughs> and you realize you shouldn't have left the thing you spent your whole life studying for um so uh voyager uh uh-huh. it's gone outside of our solar system well right? outside the heliopause yeah right so uh where is this thing compared to like Pluto and the helio yeah pause excellent qu- excellent question Thank so you. so yeah uh, <laughs> Pluto is like 40 times the distance between the earth and the sun a Voyager I think right now is about 120 okay planet 9 is 700 whoa yeah and it's going and and it's kind of the opposite direction from where Voyager so is going. how does that work it, so it's farther away then so it's past the helio yeah that's right so where it is it's basically not um well so okay so here's how how the solar system works there's a there's a <laughs> let, I let, love that. yeah let me let me sure let's break that yeah, down really let's break this down okay Save so this, this is, styrofoam ball is <laughs> the sun the big yellow one's the sun <laughs> I mean, that's the right that's the right point to start. So the sun has a magnetic field, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a magnet, um, and the basically there exists a distance where you go far enough away from the sun, yes, where you are no longer protected from just like ambient space by the sun's magnetic field. Okay, so <laughs> Voyager is past that distance, so it's it's truly sampling the interstellar medium at this point in terms of just charged particles and stuff like that. But the solar system has a has what's called a magneto tail where where it's it's like a comet. Um, All of these sound like great band names, by the way. Yeah, like, like magneto- ambient space. That's uh, I thought Magneto, yeah. magneto Tail was uh, I yeah, Mag- Magneto Tail was like a one of the X Men uh, <laughs> storylines. I think Magneto Tail from. could like headline the Neutrino Noise Floor Festival. Oh. Yeah. That's the thing that we said yeah. that last time. Yeah, and I started selling T-shirts of that. Uh, yeah, I think we'll many, do another batch. How many did you sell? You know, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I gotta coordinate it better with my Patreon thing because uh-huh. I I just. I sold it and it, I couldn't see how many were sold, and then uh, like it wasn't telling me. Uh-huh. But then I knew people got them because there are people wearing them and posing in photos. So I don't oh, well, quite that's, know that's how awesome. how that works. So I'm gonna re I'm gonna go I'm gonna figure that out. Anyway, that's a good time to bring up uh, going to Patreon to supporting this show because it's <laughs> uh, it's really all I have now. Well, that and my family, my life. don't forget me. How all right so uh, but I guess I'm I'm really confused because I thought the whole thing about Voyager uh going past the the what do you call heliosphere helio yeah sure heliopause heliopause sure so heliopause. does Voyager get hot flashes when it goes through the heliopause oh, mm-hmm. yeah well I'm sorry, I am sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but I, I thought that was it was escaping our solar system so it's on an escape trajectory 
So here, here's how you, you think about it, right? Suppose you, suppose I put you into space and launch you at like a hundred kilometers a second. Okay. All right. Like you will be, you will be hauling ass, right? And, yes. and you will be on an escape trajectory, meaning that if we wait long enough, you're just, you will, you'll be gone. Right. Um, at the same time, right, there will be, as you, as you follow this escape trajectory, you will pass things like Jupiter, which are as far away from the sun as you are, but are orbiting the sun nevertheless, right? So the, you should think of planet nine in that same context. Yes, Voyager is going out and it's going to eventually completely it has more energy than is required to leave the sun's gravitational pull. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Planet Nine does not. It just orbits the sun. That was part of why when, when Voyager kept leaving the solar system, it got, like, I'm doing air quotes here, um, it was it was kind of annoying to, to the Voyager team because it really, there wasn't a clear definition of yeah. what was leaving yeah. or not leaving, you know, or what the edge was. So they picked yeah. the heliopause because that's the one where it's like, okay, it's in interstellar space. So is though. this going to make them look like idiots then? Because... I mean, not, not, not anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is basic, like, if... So, I mean, this is clearly a planet in our solar system then, so that is not, the heliopause is not exiting our solar system. There's, like, more more to go. Oh, sure. Yeah, the solar system extends, I mean, in terms of, like, the gravitational pull of the sun, you can still be, you can be, I don't know, 5,000 times the distance between the Earth and the sun and still be gravitationally bound. Uh, I mean, the, you can basically be, like, between us and the next star. It's, like, whoever yeah. pulls on something more. In fact, You're, some of the lo- like high, longest period comets we have come exactly from that boundary. So these long, like, yeah. Like remember we had that episode with, with the alien space rock. Remember I told you like the yeah. That's actually helio. That's a, that's an effect that I uh, I'm I'm working on for for helio- you for the band heliopause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, Just, that's, anyway that rock was on. What made it so weird was that it was. I mean, it came close to the sun, but what was weird about it is that it was on a completely unbound orbit. I mean, it was it was definitively not from yeah, our solar was, system, and it was also going to leave. Cause they, they aliens. Gonna, yeah, aliens. I don't know yeah, why it, we don't focus it. more on that aspect. You, were, you posted something really interesting about Mercury that I thought was really cool. About the perihelion and Mercury being necessary to keep it. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge... Uh, that's a huge... There's a huge history associated with that problem. So, like, generically, the question of whether or not the solar system is stable, uh, meaning just if you leave it alone to go round and round, will it forever can stay that way, or will one of the planets just eject spontaneously? That question dates back to Newton himself. Mm-hmm. So Newton, in the second volume of optics uh, of the optics book at the end had a bunch of questions that he would like to see answered one of them was is the solar system long-term stable mm-hmm. and turns out the answer is no it's not uh, but it would be worse if you're like describing you're describing like a parallel history of my marriage you know like there's a long period yeah where my wife was trying to figure out if i was stable uh-huh. And it and seemed it, like I was, but then but we then, went long enough, and it was too late. Because I was like, "Well, look, we're here. It's just not yeah, it's stable." Just not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, you should have known. <laughs> the signs were clearly there, right? Um, so, when you say stable, do you mean like one of the planets might just uh, 
leak. Shoot off. Yeah, and that planet that planet is Mercury. So the, the solar system has a 1% chance of Mercury just shooting off before the sun turns into a red it's, giant. It's the closest planet to it's the... It's the closest one, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to reason through why that is, and you, you kind of have to do a lot of calculations to demonstrate this, but that probability... Mitch has got, he's got that under control. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like... Because it's <laughs> fucking hot. <laughs> it's, it needs to cool off a little yeah. bit. That's you can't be the, that close to the sun for that long. Yeah. The aliens on there have built a device to shoot away. Yeah. You, should, you just have that one theme. You just keep, keep on... <laughs> it's aliens. It's Where are my keys, aliens? <laughs> well, I started watching X-Files again. Uh-huh. And, came, oh, okay. and now I'm back on The Truth Is Out There. I know uh-huh. what's going on. You, you guys can't... Me with your math stuff. Yeah, that's right. With our, so it is stable. Well, it's unstable. It's Newtonian wise. So Newtonian wise, if if gravity was purely as Newton had imagined it, there would be like a forty percent chance that Mercury would be gone by now. Oh wow! Right, which is quite remarkable. But because gravity, like as you get closer to the sun, you start to see effects of general relativity. Yeah, let me give you a little uh, brief intro here about this thing, about Mercury mm-hmm. being part of GR. So what's exciting about planet Mercury, it was the first thing that really gave Einstein a strong hint that he had he was on to something. Because the astronomers already knew that Mercury did this like thing where it wiggled a little bit forward every time it orbited which is not something Newton ever said it would do. Okay. But everybody could measure it, and they could see that it was doing this. And so Einstein did... He couldn't even solve his own equations, general relativity equations. Yeah. So this was one he could solve. He could write that down. He's like, oh, okay, so I, can, I know how much it will cause it to rotate. And they, I mean, that's remarkable, right? Like, imagine coming up with, a, with beautiful field equations and being like, ah. Oh. Oh, shit, I can't solve them. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah, so that's nothing. I can't solve any of his equations either. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, Big you're, deal. You're, you're, you're just like Einstein. Yes, <laughs> in so many ways. Well, you've been uh, you've been a soldier, though. It was a soldier who solved them. Oh, really? War- yeah, short straw. Well, I was a Marine. Soldiers are in the Army. Okay, well. Not, not picking straws, but don't ever insult me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these uh, these equations were the first time they were solved like fully, um, or one s- simple solution was found was uh, was a guy in the in the 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 what are those called foxholes or whatever yeah. the trenches of yeah. World War One. Really? Yeah, he's like sitting here getting gassed and all this stuff, and he's just he solves his equations for him. <laughs> where, do you, where do you where you get your best thinking done? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Space. Maybe maybe he clarity. was at peace, you know. He was right. Like, well, I could die, or I could figure out Einstein's equation. Let's. let's I think do he it. did die. I think. I uh, think he did. Yeah. 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 Schwarzschild think. was a was super patriotic. So like there was there was a uh, there was like whereas Einstein was just as as much of a pacifist as a scientist can be, mm-hmm. um, and you know Einstein ended up living a longer life. That I mean, there you go. Don't mm-hmm. go to war, and you'll live longer. That's, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's it's just that's that's the, what, one of the smartest things Einstein ever proved. <laughs> that's right. Or yeah. just leave Germany. I don't know. That might have been it. <laughs> They're both from Germany. Uh, do you have to wait until Planet Nine is uh, visually confirmed before you can name it? Uh, no, I've already named it. What, and what's the name? David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's fine, I yeah. guess. Yeah. David Bowie? Yeah. Planet David Bowie? No, just David Bowie. It's, it's just one word. David, oh. How could you not know that? Are you being honest right now? No, oh, no, okay. man. Uh, I don't know, man. Science is very centric, you know? Like, you guys do weird stuff sometimes. That's, that's definitely true. So what, 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 I'd vote for that. I'd, I'd it's, want to it's just not, be Bowie. It's not up for discussion. Or, <laughs> okay. like, your, your vote does not count. <laughs> the tyranny of discovery. Or is it just going to stay Planet Nine? You know, in all reality, Planet Nine is, like, the best name for a planet. Because there are no um, Greek, Greco-Roman gods left. I think the demigod of, like, untied shoelaces is still available. <laughs> but aside from that one... Um, yeah, they're they're all taken. Wasn't there like an old sci-fi film, like the Visitor from Planet Nine or something? Yeah, like yeah, that? Planet Nine from Outer Space. Planet Nine uh, from yeah, Outer was, Space. It's a it's a really dumb movie, uh, <laughs> but I it's considered but, like one of the dumbest. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's great. The promotional poster is phenomenal. <laughs> well, now we know where where he came from. Yeah, somewhere between Orion and Taurus and Taurus. No, you got this. So. <laughs> So you guys, like Planet Nine. As much as I love it, is is just like not what I've been thinking about, right? I've been you. You mentioned the Schrodinger equation, yeah, and yeah. I just I want to talk about that so badly. Okay, yeah, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's let's discuss the Schrodinger. Let's pivot. Okay, let's I will, pivot I, right absolutely now. pivot away. We already covered Planet Nine. That's yeah. so two episodes ago. <laughs> Wait, you do like one a year. No, that you were on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Schro- Schrodinger. Schrodinger. Yeah. The same guy with the cat. It's the one. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. All right. So, let's let's think here. So, okay. So, Schrodinger's equation is like the, um, it's the fundamental equation of of quantum mechanics, and describes atoms. Yeah. Yeah. It's the observation thing, right? Like, if you, is that what we're talking about? Or? Well, it's the it's the equation that that describes that allows you to calculate the probability that you will see something okay basically. so it, it's it's a more generalized version of the uncertainty principle it's mm-hmm. the mathematics it's the it's the exact mathematics that causes that principle to occur so the the principle is a is a is a uh, like a general rule that is a result of solutions to this so the equation. cat is the principle the equation is what led to the cat is that what you're saying? No, actually, the principle came first, and that led to the equa- okay. discovery of the equation. Cool. Because yeah. it was they were trying to figure out. It was a lot like general relativity, and Einstein. They they yeah. saw observations that didn't fit. So in the case of gravity, like Newton's equations weren't quite working with the planet Mercury. They're working with all the other planets, but not Mercury. Same thing with here. Like people started seeing this uncertainty principle. Isn't in experiments, so, and it didn't, and, and they were trying to figure out what math will make this. Like work. they they noticed that particles were reacting differently under observation than not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. if you if you can find a particle to an exact speed, then suddenly its position was not certain, and if you knew its exact position, then suddenly its speed was not certain. So all of that, all of that world makes perfect sense if you are willing to <laughs> just period. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, and no follow that, up and statements. The, thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you are willing to kind of buy the fact that uh, you know fundamentally things are not little balls, uh, but they're waves, right? Then then everything. Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like, this uncertainty thing is similar to what happens to waves. In fact, there is a classical 
uncertainty principle and and just waves on the ocean right yep. if you if yep. you look at a wave yeah you can ask like, i mean imagine there's a wave traveling you can say like well where is the wave right and you can kind of if you're if you're looking at it from sufficiently far away you can say well it, it's kind of like right there but you can't you can't point at any one part of it and say well the wave is exactly right here mm-hmm. right you kind of say well the wave is this is this thing that's traveling and it's got a finite and they size. and they come in little groups they come in wave groups like uh, are you a surfer do you surf oh hell yeah yeah you look like a surfer. yeah <laughs> so, so if you've ever gone surfing you know like when you get a big wave there's usually several of them that come together that's because there's this wave packet that's coming all together there's no one specific thing this is also why uh, you can see this on uh, when we had the tsunamis, if you ever look at those videos of like the tsunamis bouncing around the continents and stuff, you can see it. There's a, like there's no one spot where it's you can you know it's exactly going to be big here and not somewhere else. They interfere with each other and create all kinds of uh, yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So so yeah for for when you go surfing, the first big wave that come you always miss. What well, meaning you're supposed to miss because the nice one is coming after it. Okay. Right. So they usually come in threes. Yeah, I mean, fours. clearly, I do a lot of surfing, so I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. more of a he's more of a border. hunting, uh, more of a hunting guy. <laughs> yeah. You can shoot at waves; it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thing. That's, that's true. But you can't shoot at hurricanes. Right. They, that was they. they that's a law now. No, but during whatever uh, hurricane was coming through Texas, uh-huh. uh, they were like. <laughs> we had to warn the rednecks not to shoot at the hurricane. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stop it. And as a redneck, I was kind of like, "We're not shooting at hurricane. Mm-hmm. Relax." You're, hey, so Schrodinger's theory. Sorry. I, oh no, man. This is. But you say that it all makes sense. I think so. Uh, well, I'd rather I. I used to. I used to be just like confused as hell, and now I'm just slightly less confused. That's okay. how I think. That's how most physicists go through it it's yeah. like if you just get over the heartache that your brain is like wired to see things as like pebbles and rocks just because that helped us mm-hmm. like when you're hunting like a not with a gun but with like a like a spear or something that's all like kind of hardwired in our brain it's, it makes sense it's like oh there's a thing there and i'm gonna throw a thing at it once you get over that that just that's not actually how everything works when it's small yeah. level then you just go, okay, well, how does it work? And then it's like, oh, there's equations. And then you get the right answer out of the equations. That's right. the important But part. importantly, the way that Schrodinger came up with his equation is he just, like, made it up, right? He, like, didn't derive it from anything. In fact, I recently learned the history behind it. And it's fascinating. He was, he was a postdoc. He was a postdoc working for Dubai, uh, who was this other great physicist of the time in Vienna, and Dubai got interested in like the early stages of quantum mechanics and asked Schrodinger to put together a, a lecture, like a seminar on, on what was happening. And Schrodinger kind of, you know, explained all this stuff in Dubai and said, like, what, you, what you're explaining is complete crap. You have to go away, like, go ahead away and come back with an equation which has, which, which looks like, you know, it has Hamilton-Jacobi form and like has a potential term. So Schrodinger uh, told his wife and his kids to just like hang on. Uh, went on a skiing vacation with his mistress, and <laughs> uh, and sent her to the slopes and just like sat around and played around with different forms of equations and just found one that he thought was uh, was in pretty good shape. 
and that became like the fundamental equation of uh, of quantum mechanics. And, and it's so he just cheated. Well, I mean, he doubly yeah. cheated. Yeah. yeah. He just made it up. Yeah, I mean that's that's just how you do that it. That happens sometimes. Yeah, that's um, how Newton made up F equals m a. Black body radiation, same thing. There was there wasn't it was uh, you can derive it now, but the black body radiation curve was just guessed because it roughly made sense, and then only later it was like, oh, okay, I meant to do that, and then got the math together to make it work. But sometimes that just happens. It's like, well, this is like the easiest way to fit. To that yeah. so mm. i think all probably all great discoveries are just like start out as like well this this works kind of <laughs> right and they're like oh yeah i knew i knew why look so, it's still better than einstein's record he didn't even solve his own like once so why even solve it why can you not stop thinking about schrodinger's equation so i generally for my job don't do any quantum mechanics because i worry about things that are astronomical rather than sub atomic mm-hmm. right uh, this is what splits our two fields like uh, my field is all quantum yeah and and not at all governed by gravity at all in fact it's very frustrating that we can't find him adjoining between them and then his stuff is usually just gravity so it's like astronomers and uh particle physicists you know we make observations that are related like you know particles fly from outer space but the physics is frustratingly not connected at the moment. I mean, that's been one of the biggest open problems. I think like, that's that's why we can get along. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go back to Christianity. This science stuff is too hard to understand. How many sects are in uh, Christianity, though? I think they... they... Only one. First, uh, <laughs> Southern Baptist is the only right, one that right, I... Right. <laughs> See, we get along great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look, I mean, what I was I was prepping for class... Uh, one night and I was trying to figure out how astrophysical disks work right so in general if you go to to kind of survey the universe at Mm -hmm. every scale possible you will find rings of material orbiting a massive body dusty frisbees yeah 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 Right, I mean, the ring, discs, I mean, there's just like what, like the rings of Saturn, or sure. I mean, the rings like, of Saturn, or, the or like what our solar system looked like. Yeah, uh, in the beginning, I guess it doesn't really look like that now. But yeah, no, no, exactly. You go to the center, the galactic nucleus. There's a supermassive black hole, and it it is in itself surrounded by a disk of about a thousand stars. So it's just this this structure of of disks orbiting massive things recreates itself at every astronomical scale because it's just a, I mean, it's just a consequence of like, if you take some big blob of material and spin it and allow it to cool, it'll always go to a structure of a disc. It's like a, like take dough and throw it while spinning it. I worked in a pizza pizza place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I used to toss pizza. Yeah. So you said a key word there though, that I think is really important. You said, um, allow it to cool, which is really important because, Dark matter can't cool. That's a big difference. It's not chill. (laughs) That's a huge difference. So that's one of the reasons why we know dark matter is there is because we see these halos of not disk stuff. This is a side, a side thing because his thing is mm-hmm. not about dark matter. I just I just had no, to I throw that this. in because yeah, yeah. you mentioned that because a lot of people have asked me that over the years, like like well why isn't 
why do we know dark why is it in this ball instead of a disc like the rest of the galaxy and that's really the key feature it since it doesn't interact it can't cool it just flies around not having a way to get rid of its uh its speed it just sort of wanders aimlessly in all directions unlike the you know the dust that can eventually settle and make a planet yeah okay yeah so look, <laughs> I have so much to add to this episode. Sure, dark matter. Is that the same thing as antimatter? No, 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 no. no, that's, no right. Is one of those things fictional? Did I did I just pull something from a comic book? No, no, no neither one's both, fictional. Both no, they're both very real. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think we we have a much better understanding of antimatter than than dark matter. Discovered right here on this campus, actually. First, just like the <laughs> planet night, uh, antimatter was first. Discovered not in this building, but about three buildings over. There's a little plaque, actually. It even says, at this spot, the first positron was discovered. And there's like a little photo of it upstairs. What year was that? Uh, 33, 30 something, yeah. I think. I Jesus. think it was 33. That's so long well, that's ago. Well, it has the plaque. I thought it was like Look, they the put last it on, 10 years. <laughs> they put it on a plaque so I don't have to remember this. <laughs> no, it just feels like that would be something new. Yeah. It was very new at the time. It was exciting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dope at the time bro <laughs> well I, th- I think it was it was a new era that there was any kind of matter that wasn't like everyday matter and so that really was like I think the birth of the nuclear era even though antimatter only plays a little role in yeah. in nuclear physics it I think it was the first time everybody's like whoa there's a whole realm of stuff that's not like us <laughs> just, there's, yeah. there's not a lot like you. <laughs> well, all right, so uh, the disc. Yes, it's disc material. So what I what I uh, what I discovered. I mean, I basically stumbled on the fact. So I was trying to figure out like a simple way to explain to the students how waves travel through discs, uh, astrophysical discs of matter. So if you take like a disc of dust and and gas around a star and if i if i pinch it right if i mm-hmm. somehow uh, like warp it, it a, yeah or like hit it with a stick uh like an astrophysical a, stick like you're playing astrophysical drumstick drum yeah. yeah. that's right yeah like you know you can come. you look more like a bass player i'll be honest oh yeah oh thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but like you can you can just without doing any calculation just envision that if you take a disc and hit it it's just it's gonna wave and warp yeah, yeah, yeah. right um, you're describing a really awesome psychedelic music video by the way right. i'm just imagining people like sitting there playing on saturn's rings like a little yeah little this Hel- Hel- helio pauses sophomore <laughs> album um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but but the issue the issue with uh, doing this in the astrophysical content uh, context is that uh, suppose you have a disk that is composed of like a billion particles, right? That means you have to solve like something on the order of six billion equations. To which, which even on a computer is yeah. hard to do. That's right. That's I mean, right. Einstein couldn't do his one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't even do zero. Right? <laughs> it's just like I can't even mine a Bitcoin. You know? <laughs> right? uh, but there is a theorem that says that, that uh, an infinite number of, of what's, what are called ordinary differential equations must correspond to a single partial differential equation, which... That's pretty technical. Uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really matter. But but the idea is if you if you take a disk and really imagine it as as being a continuum, you blur. You can every, treat the dust as like as like a fluid. A fluid. Yeah. Like we do with weather. Yeah. Right. We don't we don't sit there tracking 
particles of air, we like we say, oh, it's this hot and it's this pressure. And yeah. So you can ask yourself, what equation governs the the waves in a in an astrophysical disk that is just bound by gravity? Are these like the waves we can see on uh, Saturn's ring? Because I know Cassini got mm-hmm. a lot of really cool videos of like waves coming like a like a moon would go by and there'd be like a wake yeah, behind like a, it like that a spiral looked, density wake it yeah. looked just like a boat you know the wake of a boat yeah it's it it's definitely related to that yeah uh well it turns out the equation that governs all of this is the schrodinger equation really yeah so the schrodinger equation kind of makes a reappearance at this large astronomical scale which okay. is quite which, which is dope which is and part of the reason I love this is that if you know all the history of solar systems and atoms, there's this really hilarious like closed loop here because we, like solar systems were discovered first, right? Like we knew yeah. about planets for thousands of years, and then you know, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, Kepler, and all those people, yeah. and Copernicus all made a model of the solar system that finally made sense, and then Newton finally solved it. But part of what made atoms confusing is people just assumed atoms were, when they first started thinking about atoms, and knowing that there was like a nucleus and, and little things orbiting it, they were always trying to make it, they were trying to figure out why, you know, it, what it was in terms of the solar system. So they always thought like, oh, an at- a hydrogen atom is just like the proton is a little sun and the electron is just like a little planet and it goes around. But the problem is that, that that solution just doesn't work at that scale. Like they they give off light when they do that, so they would they would collapse in on themselves like instantaneously because electromagnetism is way stronger than gravity, like way 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 stronger. So just saying, so quantum mechanics was actually invented to make sure that a, that an atom didn't behave like a little solar system, and then. Here comes Constantine, and then he goes, oh, by the way, actually a solar system can be described by the same equation that even helped us figure out these these other things. So wow. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I didn't understand any of that, uh, but it sounds fascinating. I mean, look, it's, it's great. It's great for when you're in a trench. Right, like when being, uh, it's, it's like exactly. Maybe I need to go back to war, and then I'll I'll get it. You're like, like F it, I'm solving I, this equation I, I just right had now. It too easy out here in the streets of L.A. I got to go back to Iraq so I can finally understand what's going on. Uh, all right, so um, <laughs> you I have a headache. You got a lot of like funny comments in the comment section of this which i got a blast out of because i i don't know i think i saw you arguing with them i'm not sure but there were a lot of people going like that's just the wave equation and other people go like that's just the heat equation it's just so frustrating because it's like uh you know the the mathematics of those three equations is really well known to mathematicians and they're not the same thing they're related but they're not the same and it was it was yeah, kind of funny so, that so it's interesting I, i've noted i've noticed this uh, intriguing thing that particularly about the Schrodinger equation uh, there's like a there's a subgroup of people that have extremely strong opinions on on like exactly what this entails uh-huh. right they're, they're they're completely not grounded in in anything scientific yeah, they're, they're called nerds <laughs> no I don't think so oh come on no the nerds are doing the, the... all right I I'm sorry I just I, I have to ask a question so that I can understand this maybe uh-huh. I'm I'm trying to wrap my head. <laughs> I don't know why I thought having a GED I could come in here and be like, wait, let me. I I understand astrophysics, okay. So, but 
Maybe it's just the name. So Schrodinger. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. The so is is the equation related to Schrodinger's cat? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So it is that it's if you open the box, whether or not the cat is dead, it's not. It, it's it's affected by the actual observation of it, mm-hmm. right? So that the equation is talking about how things behave differently under observation. All right. So so here's the <laughs> let me let's like let's take one step back. You can ask your, yourself. So what you're talking about is the interpretation of of quantum mechanics, right? Yeah. So one of the things quantum mechanics tells you is that your um, you know, the action of opening the box where there's a cat that had a 50-50 chance of dying. Yes. That action determines the cat's life. That's kind of, I mean, it's it's an oxymoron. Obviously, that's not what actually happens, right? The cat is actually either dead or alive yes. in reality. But the quantum mechanics is weird in this way. Now, how is that related to the Schrodinger's equation? The Schrodinger's equation allows you to calculate the probability that the cat is dead or alive, okay? It, it okay. doesn't, you don't, like, substitute anything. Uh, so I guess my point is there's no, there's nothing inherently quantum about the Schrodinger equation itself. It's just a wave equation. And you can ask, well, what is waving, right? It's describing the propagation of some wave, but what is that wave? It turns out that wave in the quantum mechanical context is the wave of probability, of something being alive or dead. In the astrophysical context, that, that wave is not has nothing to do with probability. It has to do with with angular momentum. It's it's the it's basically warps and stuff propagating through disks. So it's the same math, but it describes different and it, it's the same math, uh-huh. but the stuff that's waving, the physical meaning of the the variables are are completely unrelated. I'll be honest with you. As soon as you said the word wave, I started picturing myself at a beach mm-hmm. and kind of blanked out <laughs> on a lot of that. That's that, that's that's I, what I'm thinking about 100. percent Okay. Yeah. This no, has I been a very uh, beach themed probability. Uh, episode, well, though. you say the word wave enough, like yeah. okay, got it. So, so now this thing that uh, we use to define or guide us through quantum physics we are also now it is relating to astrophysics as well sure yeah with what you okay yeah, I, I, I got it, it. it's just it's just that i i got I, I had it figured out the whole time i just needed you to dumb it down for the listeners that's all <laughs> no like, I, I did he I do that <laughs> you know it's so funny i love the the audience of the show because half the time i get people saying they want it like more dumbed down and then the other half people are like stop dumbing it down so much that's actually just like my class evaluation i don't know (laughs) (laughs) have you ever had a student like me like that just is i don't understand Uh, how do you well no i would have never uh, been able to get accepted into a program like this i I, I mean everybody has trouble in subtopics also i don't like you were coming in on that a little hot by the way you were like (laughs) this is the first time anyone like you has ever walked step foot on this campus so all right i get it not the not the sharpest tool in the shed but i I was gonna tell you i just we just got an article in science lead author also, Marine served in Iraq. So also have a GED. No, well, <laughs> he's, no he's a PhD. Similarities ended somewhere. 
Oh, man. Schrodinger, huh? Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> yep. yep. You know it. So, but this has you all, like, uh, excited. Well, yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm waving. That's <laughs> I liked it. I was excited. I don't know if the whole world cared or not, but... What does was... this lead us to? Like, what, what does this change? Just, you know... I mean, realistically, absolutely nothing. Cool. <laughs> like, like, is is this going to? I mean, is this going to change the way like your cell phone works? Absolutely not. It, right. Is it even going to change studying discs? Like yeah, yeah. Discs? It'll it'll change the way we uh, we study discs because right now, uh, despite advances in computation, you're still limited. By I mean, even even with the best computers, right? We're still we can't resolve astrophysical phenomena over long periods of time, right? If you worry about actually taking an astrophysical object like a like a disk of, of matter and like evolving it through its lifetime, you have to either go to some mega approximation scheme, or you'll never just do it self consistently. So what this allows you to do is it gets, gives you a handle on long-term evolution by borrowing uh, solutions basically from quantum mechanics. Right? And, and those mm-hmm. have been worked out very nicely over the last uh, century. In fact, there was, there was one particular form of the solution that I was looking into. I got so excited because I, I had figured out and it was all these Bessel functions and just like this beautiful... Solution, and then it turned out some some guy named Ma figured it out already in 1942. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was just oh. like, uh, you know, there's just this huge library of of work that has already been done in the quantum domain. So borrowing a little bit of that will um, kind of gives you a handle to understand. But also, I mean, better. when every time you find something new that's connected to something else, like anytime you find a new connection to two things you didn't think were connected. It, I think it can really like, it can spark a lot of new ideas. You know, you can just, you because there's all this intuition. You're talking about like the solutions being found, or you know, mathematical relations. But there's a lot of intuition too. So it's like as soon as you have the intuition of one thing, it just sort of opens up all this other stuff. Yeah, like you, you know, can like, post it on Craigslist. Missed connections. Right. I think they did, don't right. allow that anymore. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they, I think they, they block those now. This is like a <laughs> no more connection. <laughs> this is like when comic books have crossovers. You know, like the yeah. uh, the Avengers is a crossover with Ant Man or, or or Iron Man and everybody else coming together. This is quantum physics and astrophysics. This is a, a crossover where we're all coming together to fight the the to battle avenge, of knowledge yeah. or whatever. Speed of a crossovers did you guys see solo uh-uh yeah no? yeah did. what'd you think but don't spoil it i watched I mean... it just before i came over here <laughs> yeah, well, all right. i was like i'm gonna go out in the space uh for a little while before i You're come like, i'm gonna study up <laughs> oh okay maybe you guys can okay so the parsecs thing that's a real measurement oh this is this is a nightmare the way they're doing it yeah it's a real measurement so they yeah. uh, well they've they've come in to it's like three point like settle three it. light years is that what it is uh, like that? that sounds right because it's the way i remember it's something like two hundred fifty thousand. are you a star wars fan uh well so <laughs> so um i did watch the movies uh-huh. for like the first so i i grew up i'm originally russian i grew up grew up in japan 
so I was like kind of weirdly siloed from uh, from Star Wars, and I like finally figured out it was a thing in college. Yeah, and I watched them, but I watched them all in chronological order. Oh, so you watched the prequels first? Yeah, and then I, when, it got, when it went, which to I've number heard f- is awful. I mean, I've heard this from well, kids when it went to number days. four, I was like, man, they like they must have run out of money, and like the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the kind of the production. <laughs> it looks that's like storyline so much better, but geez, what happened? Oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, yeah, so they have the the parsecs. He his big claim to Han Solo's claim to fame is that he can make a, a Kessel run uh-huh. in, in under uh, fourteen parsecs or whatever. What's it, a Kessel run? A Kessel run was like a. It was a. Uh, 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 well, he's a, a smuggler, so it's just a route okay. that you took. Oh, well, just a little bit more clarity, though. I mean, it was a line in the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. It was just the first a line. movie. Yeah, the first movie that came out, number Episode four, four. Uh-huh. the one that you you ran into. I mean, this is like the new world we're in with Disney taking every little line from every yeah. franchise they own. It's like. Oh, that one line? That's a whole movie right there. We're going to have a whole movie about that. What, what, what was it? 1977 that it came out? 1975 yeah, 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 or whatever? Uh-huh. So they probably weren't doing like real deep dives into astrophysics. And they, they you have this term, parsec, where they're like, yeah, we could do the Kessel Run in under 14 parsecs. And, you know, everyone who's not in, in that field of study is think it's a, it's a time mm-hmm. constraint. When really it's a, it's a distance, yeah, right. So now they're like retconning to try and explain why he said it that way. <laughs> uh, and boy, and it, do they run it into the ground yeah, in this movie. Yeah. I mean they 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 really push the fact that it was this was not a mistake written by George Lucas, but this this was the intention the whole time. Uh-huh. So yeah. oh, yeah. you know, I met George Lucas a couple of months ago. And good segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he was You're like, hold on, put your pitiful lives on hold for a sec. <laughs> yeah, no, he explained to me how uh, how planetary systems work. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm can sorry. You, can you get George him on the podcast? George Lucas explained to you. He sure did. <laughs> and, and how how correct was he? Uh, you know, marginally okay <laughs> I don't great know. we we have one of the most brilliant minds uh in uh, awesome. in in physics here with us today let me ask you this the two star system is that even possible sure oh yeah how, how would that work where you have like okay so let, let me it's it's like this so you got you got two stars that yeah. are orbiting one another oh the stars orbit each other yeah that's right and you've got a planet that's that's further away that's orbiting the the two stars is it is it orbiting the main star or is it orbiting or is it like the two stars together providing a gravity field? And no, it's just two stars together that are providing. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. It's orbiting the center of mass, which is what, what yeah. I joked about in the beginning, putting this uh, these things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the way to think of it is like, so suppose you have two stars that are orbiting each other, and they're orbiting orbiting each other really fast. Yeah. Right. If you if you look at them far enough away, from far enough away, it just looks like one thing, right? Yeah. It, and that's kind of how gravity works as well, where where the the fact that it's two things, right, the further you get away from it, the less you, information you have about the fact that there, it's two, two things, right? As you kind of, once you're far enough away, you're just orbiting the 
a mass. So it, it wouldn't be like when they showed like the skyline in these alien things where they have like a sun over here and a sun over here. You you can. There oh, are systems they, they that kind of like that. In the first Star Wars, they're pretty close. I mean, they're, I think that looked reasonable. There are Remember two, we there talked are to, actual, sorry. Yeah, we talked to uh, um, Jesse about Proxima V and Proxima V is a has or yeah Alpha Centauri has the two stars and Proxima yeah, B yeah. is kind of right. there Jesse Wait, Christensen is she, is, yeah is she the one that we uh they had like the people like scanning the the maps for something or yeah. Whatever? yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. okay. citizen yep. science yep. citizen yeah. science yeah my yeah. uh my comprehension is fine, but my retention is where I lose out <laughs> on everything. Yeah, so what's funny is a lot of people think the Earth revolves around the sun, but it, it kind of doesn't. That everything revolves around the Berry Center of the I thought you were going to say me. Everything well, revolves can... around me. If you, if you spin in your chair, that'll be true. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, what's kind of cool about the Berry Center of the solar system is almost all of the time it is inside the sun, but it's not always. It occasionally peaks out a little bit. If all the heavy planets are on one side... It'll go above the surface of the, the yeah. sun, and we're, there's actually no point. Like all the at that exact moment, all the planets are orbiting a point that's not even inside of the sun itself. But the yeah. sun is so big most of the time it's inside. Whereas with these two planetary, uh, these two star systems, the Berry Center is somewhere in between the two stars. Got it. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. not like it. It wouldn't be like that makes perfect sense. But isn't that where the the stability comes in? Yeah, right? if you like, get too close. You're... I think like anytime you have three, ob- like two systems are always stable. So just one thing orbiting something else is like always stable. But if you have, if you throw in just one third object in there, you have the possibility that they are unstable. And this was, this was actually important. This is like the discovery of chaos was in that problem. Yeah, but apparently so. we learned earlier, Mercury could shoot off into yeah. space yeah. at any time. Well, because yeah, the real solar more, system is like more than three. Yeah, and hundreds the, of random things flying all over. So you say a 1% chance. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty high, considering. I think so. I mean, if you can have... give it a whole number, that's up there where it's <laughs> likely. Yeah, I mean... Does this mean we might have had other planets and they're gone now? Is there a way to like yeah. backtrack? or? So the solar system... I mean, I mean, it's not impossible. It's not impossible, uh, particularly the outer solar system, because... The outer solar system, like Planet Nine, in my, yeah. yeah. Uh, the outer solar system probably went through a brief period of dynamical instability where it kind of like jostled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have ejected. That happens thing. to me whenever I start a new job. Uh, you know, just doesn't it doesn't happen to us all. Yeah. It happens not, to me. Not Mitch. Yeah. Not I, Mitch is stable. <laughs> he's stable yep. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just mount TVs and tell jokes, so it's a pretty easy life. All right, this has been really fun. Thanks for being on the is show. Is that again. it? Yeah, no, you can say more. We can cut what I just said out. Uh, I just wanted to know what this equation is on the board. Uh, <laughs> Will? I mean, I could I could take a few minutes and solve it uh-huh. myself, but I figured it'd just be easier if you told me what it is. Yeah, so, so that is the perturbative Hamiltonian. <laughs> For, uh, why did I even ask? <laughs> the For, perturbative? Yeah, it's the perturbative. Perturbative Hamil, Hamiltonian. Hamiltonian. For the three to two mean motion resonance. Four to three to two mean mean and that's mean is the the no that's median what's mean mean is the average yep mean motion the mean motion the average motion resonance resonance yep and what does that do for us Uh, so that's actually it describes the motion of Pluto 
Oh, oh well, cool. Yeah, we got to get that out of here. We got to figure out the motion of Planet Nine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually on this board. Oh, I, <laughs> this one doesn't look as complicated. <laughs> yeah, Planet Nine is just it's it's easier because it's how big. big right? Oh wait, yeah, how big is Planet? I don't think we ever said that. Like how he big said is in the it? other episodes, yeah, like five, ten Earth masses. Yeah, big like yeah. Neptune, right? Yeah. Like a Neptune. Wow. But it's got to be like so if it's past that that thing, uh, heliopause. That the heliopause, it. it it's got to be at absolute zero then, like uh, temperature wise. It's got to be the it's coldest. 40, 40 degrees Kelvin, so it's like even worse than Siberia. Wow! <laughs> yeah. And you, you said you lived in Japan for a while. I sure did. I lived in Okinawa. Oh really? Yeah. You guys were talking about uh, tattoos. I think. Do you have a Japanese tattoo? By any well, chance? not not in any place I could show. You. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have a Japanese tattoo, don't I, you? Yeah, yeah, I do. That's uh, right. You don't have to show. We don't have to you, show each other learn, tattoos. Like I did, yeah. kanji or yeah. I went to elementary school in Japan. I have oh. this one. Very nice. Uh, what what do you read it as? Some some stuff. <laughs> well, so, um, it's it says Zayaku. Okay, Zayaku. Yeah, and then over here I have Chuzitsu, which. Uh, I guess I had my friend like I I live there so I had my friends write write it out for me but basically it's it's good and evil mm-hmm. but I guess the most literal translation would be like loyal and sinner or something like that yeah but mm-hmm. uh but so how old were you when you lived over there uh, I was eight and eight. what what part of the country uh, I was close to Tokyo okay so, yeah, so yeah. The mainland yeah area cool man did you did you like it oh yeah Do you ever yeah. go back i i went back for the first time in april oh, man yeah, i want crazy. to go back so bad yeah. i just uh i have for- an audition for a weight loss show uh-huh. but it's a japanese show oh. so i got <laughs> nice. i got i just got the audition request today i'm gonna send in a self-tape oh, that's to, awesome yeah to like try and go to i hope it's as japanese as japanese television oh, sure. is yeah, yeah. You know? yeah i mean just like you're running it's, around in a rabbit suit <laughs> you know they have us all dressed up as sumo wrestlers or i don't know it's just the most ridiculous thing in the world yeah but oh anyway, that sounds awesome uh yeah. thanks for uh telling me all this stuff no, today. thanks you guys thanks for having me on your show thanks for, for being on the show again constantine all always right. a blast oh. all right guys until next time